0: What was happening is that i wasn't aware of how everyone was being treated or what was going on on site and so what had come to realize what had come to fruition rather abruptly was basically just that not everybody was treated the way that i would have sort of wanted and how we'd outline treatment of people is that you have to let go of things but i didn't know that the culture that was happening on place was a little more toxic than i would have tolerated being
1: willing to hear feedback on systems that aren't working. Being willing to take input on like what's going to work for us out here in the field from a system perspective versus in the office perspective, okay? Not to get into what system all the, way. the point was he felt that he could contribute. He felt that he was part of the solution. All right, Rockstars, Andrew Houston here. And I got my man Theo. We're going to be doing this no bullshit podcast. You're listening in. This is the signal to say, stay or freaking get off it, which is if you're looking to really solidify and build an A team, if you're looking to attract A players, you know, if, if you're looking at really taking your business, your contracting business to the next level, especially if you've got a team, a team that you want them to stick, a team that you want them to play, Okay. Um, yeah, you know, the way that you want them to play, to be able to deliver the way that you want them to deliver, to really be able to be seen as that contractor in your space, then you're at the right place. Okay? So Theo, let's go, buddy. Thanks, how's it going? thanks for having me. It's get been it. a long time. We- so go ahead. No,
0: no, we keep running it. We keep seeing you came to me out in the, out in Ganon-Okway, and Now I get to come to you here in Ottawa. It's
1: great to be able to do this in, uh, uh, in person. It's awesome. Uh, Theo, by the way, has a couple of different... Hats and, and engagements here at proffer for Contractors. So, you know, from a, a client perspective, from a peer mentor perspective, from a person that, you know, is supporting your contracting business and growing it perspective. So, lots of different angles on this, right? Mm-hmm. So, one of the things that we were talking about, and again, guys, this is no bullshit podcast. Okay. So, we're going to be, I'm going to be tapping into Theo's brain um, into a point in his business. Going back in time where he had to pivot, okay, where he had to make some changes. And we're going to walk through his perspective of what were some of the challenges, what were some of the struggles, and what were the things that he did that today um, you're running a great contracting business. I did. So some would say, yeah, some would say, yeah, profitable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you yeah, having fun again? Yeah. People are happy. People are happy. Happier. Happier. Uh, yeah. yeah. We've learned, we've learned
0: lots of things. Yeah. We can touch on.
1: Yeah, lots of people applying to work for your company now.
0: Yeah, Okay. yeah. That's yeah. it's uh, it's, uh, it's a nice. Uh, we do like these working interviews. So people come in and, and spend a couple days with the teams. The team ends up being the calling card for the for the guys, so they can do an interview and they can sit with me and they can fill out a questionnaire. Love it. They actually come and spend some days hammering with us, and if
1: they like it, they stay. If they Dude, do. okay. So let's we'll get we'll get into that. Okay. So we will get into again some of these strategies that you guys can totally apply. Okay. So let's talk about. Some of these struggles, okay, and you hear other contractors, you know, especially being a peer mentor here, mm-hmm. you know, that means you're what that means, guys, is that Theo is, you know was a client that was there, been there, done it, evolved his business, moved it up what we call the contractor's ladder of success to stability and moving into scale, and now he helps other champion CEO contractors as part of the PFC community, you know, on a weekly basis to address the challenges and things that they have, okay? So one of the things that keeps popping up, okay, even for especially the new clients and people that we, you know, talk to, uh, and you brought this up, is this challenge with building the team, okay? And there's so many different aspects of challenge when it comes to a team. So going back in time, let's just take a snapshot of like this, sort of this nightmare week or nightmare month that you're going through and, and, and- then we'll, you know, talk about you know what did you do and, and totally. the nature. So tell us a little bit about that.
0: Yeah. So so early on, so we the company is only about five years old. Songwood uh, five, I think we're in our sixth year now. Um, we grew very quickly. We grew very rapidly. We're a cost plus um, company, and we and we can touch on that. And we scaled as we as we grew, we grew pretty pretty rapidly. And I would say probably I thought at first it was maybe. Probably because of um, that I just wanted to do things a little differently. I wanted to run the company a little differently. I wanted to, I've worked with other um, construction businesses. I've had 20 different employers since I was 14. Uh, and, so I, and so I had a lot of bad examples of bosses I didn't want to be, or a lot of good examples of bosses I didn't want to be. Right. And so I sort of had this idea of what the business would look like and how we would treat people. That all worked out fine and good when I was on the tools. Because I was able to be there and I was able to like embody what I wanted the, the culture to be. So I was able to drive home how we treat people, how we communicate. I remember having like nail guns fired at me and yelling and screaming and hammers thrown at me and stuff like that. And it's like as like a young tradie and then realize that like, well, that's what I didn't like. And then now I'm in charge so I can decide how I want this to be and I can decide how I want this to look. And so that was great. But as you scale and as that, as that worked and as maybe that's, maybe that's why some people came and joined the company because we wanted to just like do things a little differently. So if that's the like sort of the, the case, we were then losing that the more we, I don't want to say diluted because it's not the case, but as we grew and I was then less on and the, the tool, which, tools, which yeah. is a good thing, uh, I yeah. didn't have a metric. I didn't have a way to control the culture being carried. So I didn't have a way to make sure that when I wasn't there, everyone was still being treated the way that I wanted everybody to be treated because you're bringing in these new team members that love it and they maybe join because they see you and then you're yep. there. But then how do you make sure that when Andrew's not around, that the way you want everybody to be treated is carried out across the board? Love it. So you make sure the whole PFC team yep. treats everybody the same. How yep. does Theo make sure that his yep. whole team? Any business hey, any business
1: would have this struggle. Totally. Now let's just pause for a second, okay? So I want to get into that. I want to get into what did you do. I want to get into why I'm, I'm holding this Yeti, okay? Uh, stainless plug, song, songwood contracting you know, on it, okay. In just a minute, but what happened? Let, let's talk about like this struggle. So, Jenny had. To- so what happened is
0: we we didn't really. I, I didn't know how to navigate as we grew. I want to say we we're at maybe thirteen or fourteen team members. So we're like seven in the field and five in the office right and the office would be like construction manager project manager and then the admin team yep as we sort of hit this sort of critical mass where um it became us versus them and this is their words once we were able to communicate with the team we realized there was an us versus them dynamic that was happening in the field versus the office and so what the issues that were arising were we didn't really know how to have like a remediation plan or how to re- fix remediative action around the team members so if they were well, you not- didn't even know this was happening no well this is like this is the thing is like there was there was as i had stepped away doing like ceo stuff like i'm landing jobs like a year away and i'm meeting with clients and I'm quoting stuff that's 12 months in advance our construction manager would be handling things that is, you know, the three to six month range. Yep. And then our PMs hand, handle the day to day and the, b- by the weekly stuff. So, what was happening is that I wasn't aware of how everyone was being treated or what was going on on site. And so, what had come to realize, what had come to fruition rather abruptly was basically um, just that not everybody was treated the way that I would have sort of wanted and how we'd sort of had to. How we'd outline treatment of people is that you have to let go of things. But I didn't know that the culture that was happening on place was a little more toxic than I would have tolerated. But I was not head in the sand. I was uh, I was head down the highway. I was, we thought you were doing the right things, focusing yep. on the right things. Now, And it was that a, a pot was being stirred. Uh, you know, it, words were being exchanged that I was unaware of that was really causing it. Right. And because the team also wanted to respect how busy I was. Some of the some of the longer standing team members knew to come to me and was like, hey, by the way, like, you know, that when this guy's on site, he doesn't say the nicest things to us. And I go, that's okay." Um, I didn't know how to deal with it. I didn't. I was like, yeah, cool. Um, I got to go. But the newer team members, that's what they experienced all the time. They never had Theo on site. Eight hours, eight, nine hours. They they never witnessed the softer side of Theo. So they didn't know. They just thought this was the company which wasn't indicative of truly our beliefs, cultures, values, mission, vision. Yep. It wasn't indicative of what
1: we actually behaved like. Mm-hmm. And so we, yeah, we had a blowout. Yeah. So so when you say blowout, like I'm honing in on this point in time where things were bad, like things were bad, man. You were like- Yeah, let's let's focus on that, Andrew. Yeah, or, yeah dude, it's like, yeah. So it's all what it is. Yeah, it's spade to spade. So
0: what had happened was basically it had come to a boiling point where Um, We weren't really listening to the team and by weren't really listening, like we didn't have a a device, a mechanism in in place to listen to the team, a microphone to the team. We were doing like biannual reviews of the team, but it was more about like how they were doing and not about how we were doing. Mm -hmm. We never really asked them about how good we were at being Mm -hmm. management. We never gave them really the microphone. We would do biannual reviews with everybody, but I never said, how am I doing? totally how, how totally. am i being a good but you lost people because that's right like you had people leave yeah let people go yeah so it was it was to a point where we were having we were trying to fight this alignment issue with one of our lead guys where it was we were trying to paint this picture but again and you know for a multitude of reasons some on his side of the fence somehow some on our side of the fence is that we had to let him go and that was really hard to do this is the first a guy had been there for four years so it was really hard to do like they never tell you when you open a business, like, open a business, fire your friends. They never no, know. It's they never, perfect. they never tell you that. Right. It sucks. It sucks shit uh, to, uh, to have to fire um, someone. But then in doing so. Um, so you knew this person personally? Yeah. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. It was one of the like team member, like 2.0, like, like, like the second okay. one we hired. So we've been with that okay. four years. But again, because of a misalignment on his end. And and what we thought was a pretty clear picture of where he needed to be. But then you have all these other things working against him on the communication front and the treatment of the members of the team that I was unaware of. Then once he, we had to let him go, then we basically lost uh, another carpenter two weeks later and then one a week after that, all with like no notice, no warning. Just like three people out the door, like bang, bang, bang. And this, again, this is an t- office, a field team of seven. So that's
1: half of our, we almost half. What, what What? impact did that have on the t- uh, on the company from a uh, profit, cash flow? Well, I cried for a couple of days. So that was,
0: that was, that was like when you realize that like the change Yeah, big time. Okay. Like the thing, the thing you realize when you, when you, the thing you've built isn't what you thought it would be that's really hard like we put like if anybody's on here and anybody's built their their little thing their little company some people brought it from the family until a family i can totally relate to you yeah like like, sorry like like grown men cry it's a thing no i'm sorry Uh, is like is like this is like watching the thing you've built not be the thing you wanted it to be is like really tough and this is a scaling issue and if you haven't if it hasn't happened to you it hasn't happened to you yet if it hasn't happened to you, it hasn't happened to you yet. Yes. Because it's going to happen at some point. In some capacity, of some level of intensity, that the company you built and the company you
1: wanted it to be will crumble and rebuild from the ashes. Okay, so pause right there. But that, 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 that we gotta, you know we had to capture this one. Sure. Okay. So like if it hasn't happened to you yet, it's going to it's if, going to happen. Yeah. In, in, in some level of Um, could be really intense could be not but if you if you haven't had
0: the company if the company that you're trying to build hasn't you know hasn't stumbled and and broken in some way to some capacity hasn't fallen on the floor and pieces broken off of it then then it's going to it's going to happen because that what makes you and because okay because that's well that's part of growth it's part of growth it had it has to happen but no one tells why
1: does it have to happen
0: well, because you got to sh- learn what you suck at. You got to learn what you, you got to learn what the things that we didn't have this, we didn't have a good system because out of this comes the system that we needed to have Yeah, in a
1: better position. I agree with you. I agree with you. There's more. There's more. Okay. In my opinion. Okay. There's an identity shift that has to happen. Okay. So we got these. After the, after the cry. Um, well, after the cry. Yeah. After the cry. All right. There's an identity shift that has to happen. We have something here at PFC called the contractual's life of success. Okay. There's different levels to it. There's startup survival, stability, right? Um, you know, to scale and sell. Okay. And, and, you know, when you're talking about startup, okay, that's you on the tools. It's you out in the field it's, and you can have a profitable business and you can feel like I got this fucking thing nailed and I'm in control and. Everything's going as I want. And all of those feelings are real until right. you until you move up to the next right. tier. So when you move up to the next tier at survival and trying to get up to stability, what needs to shift is your identity. Okay. I'm not trying to make you guys into something that you're not. I'm saying, but as a CEO, your identity has to shift. Okay. And I'm going to just give a little s- snapshot moment. Okay. I'm not saying this was the moment. Okay. But it's an example of the moment oh well, this is,
0: well there's like we we joke in, internally with some of the team like in the leadership team and the management team we talk about like we're on like songwood version like 7.0 right like we joke about this because well every one of these you're talking about is a big change it's a change in me it's a change in the team but every one of these is a is a big mental shift is a perspective shift right. is, is a change within but every time you're you're iterating mm-hmm. Closer, and sometimes a couple steps back. Sure, every version you're iterating towards a better, you know, avatar company. You hear us talk about avatar clients, but like, what's the company you want to be? What's the company you're Fair aiming good. to be? Very so good. So there is. So there's a lot of that. Every time you sort of you fall and you pick yourself back up again and dust yourself off, there is a perspective shift that has to take place that that will naturally take place because it's a it's a head shake and you're like. Okay, wow. Um, What I thought was happening wasn't. Well, it was-
1: yeah, okay, but just, just a second. So I'm going to hit a moment here. And I uh, guess this guy's no bullshit podcast. I, we haven't scripted this fucking thing or anything. Okay. And I don't even know what he's going to say, but let's see what happens. I don't know what he's going to add. Right. So I remember there was a moment in time where you and I were on a call. And I said to you, and I'm not saying this was the magic wand, and I'm not taking the, all this fucking credit. There's a whole bunch of other experts you reached out to and things of that nature. but. You're saying from a, from a conversation that you and I had, yeah. one of the things that we talked about was I said, it sounds like there's a, an issue with your culture. And one of the things I'd recommend that you do is you have a meeting with your team. Again, I'm going to do Cole's Notes version. You're meeting with your team, kick yourself out of the fucking room, get your, you know, give your team a chance with a flip chart to write down what, what they see as the values of the company. And then write down what are the things that are not matching that values first challenges. That where I want to go with this. By the way, you might want to think about doing that if you got a team. So there's a little uh, no bullshit tip, okay? But your facial expression
0: when I said that to you, less than less than excited, was less than excited. I don't think I did the homework. Right. I don't think I, I. I think I. I think I struggled with booking that in and getting it. I did do it but I didn't, well, go, I, kept, I didn't do it
1: the next day. I kept on going, have you booked it yet? No, I didn't, what the fuck are you doing? I didn't do it the next day. I, I think it took me a little bit, but we did it. So it's I, I want to I hone in on that moment. Okay? What was it in your mind? And I don't know if you can, if you can articulate this, but there, there was a shift in your identity, okay? Especially the next time I had a call with you and you had had that event, you were like excited, this was amazing. But before that, there was a hesitation. What was it in your identity that made you sort of go like, was it like, oh, this is fluff. This is bullshit. This is like, well, what was it? So
0: what you're referring to is the the requirement for homework was basically to write a culture, like a culture statement or culture points for a company. Yes. And then be able to sort of pull a mission and vision yes. out of that. Because without that, how do you keep people accountable or how do you keep people aligned if you have no rules of the game? You uh, all know baseball, but if every team... Played to a different set of rules, or every team member played to a different set of rules, then that would be very difficult. It'd be fine to play, but if I considered there to be ten innings and you consider them to be nine, uh, you'd be really frustrated. So the the idea of the the culture, but then also the mission and vision statement is to like these are our rules of the game. We're not talking about like Ministry of Labor, right? The things that are. We're talking about like the rules of the game that we play by, right? So the idea was that. Instead of me coming up with those, because that would be rather selfish, because like I'm not the company. The team is the company. Without them, yeah. I don't like. Without them, the company doesn't exist. But I'm just, I'm just, th- I'm am just in an office alone. And so the idea of like letting them dictate that yeah. was scary. Yeah. Letting them like, like why? Yeah, why I'm leading into that is like letting them decide that and have them all sit down and they write down the rules. It's like no, but it's but it's my company though. But Andrew, why would they? Why would they? I don't want to do that. Right. So, the probably why I pushed it off a couple of weeks is because I knew it wasn't really super excited to see what that was going to be. But we did do just that. We bought them all breakfast, brought them in for an hour or so on a big boardroom, locked them in the boardroom, gave them a whiteboard, and then the leadership team left. So, at that time, it was just myself and our construction manager, and we left and we let them write bullet points of everything of what it was like to be at Songwood and what it was like not to be, like what was, So
1: what don't but don't need to hear all of it. But what were some of the aha? So first things first, everybody just listen to me with this, okay? We're gonna wrap this thing up in ten minutes here, but I want you to catch something. He had to come to grips with the shift in identity from the perspective of like this is not. And maybe I'm wrong here, but this is not just my company. The team is a big part of what makes up this company and its values.
0: So yeah, like, well, and the thing is, and as we talk about those iterations, V1, V2, sure, those, sure. so it's like those shifts are like, it was just me it is scary. for a while. It was just me for a while. It yeah. was me and then one, it was me right. and then two, yep. it was me and then three. But then the idea of like, after a while, it's not mine anymore. Right. It's my, I'm the one to hold the ground rules and, and keep the rules in place. But those rules of the game is like, when I've got enough team members that are aligned and, and know what I'm trying to deliver as far as a a product and, and customer service once they understand the model and we have like a mission and vision like on yep. the board is that it's my job to make sure everybody's held to that but now it's like it's bigger than me it's a difference between having a okay so a, just a, so a, capital that like, it's bigger than me yeah Well, the, the difference of like having like us like for those in ontario it's like a, a sole prop versus a corp right if you think of a very the very granular data behind that a sole proprietorship is you the money that the company makes of yep. you, yep. a corporation now becomes another thing, yep. and it makes money, and then it. you're part. Of it. So, just in that model alone, only just the clerical side, imagine that's the same thing. Is that eventually the company becomes a thing? It's not you anymore. Um We use the term "what's best for the company" right a lot. So it's not it's not you versus me. Uh, I like I, I can operate. I can step away. I'm filming a podcast right now. And my phone isn't ringing. The company is bigger
1: than me. It's not me anymore. Okay, not I me. I love it. I love it. And an example of that, I went down to see Theo. Okay. And I walked into his company. Okay, guys. Uh, and we did a video of this. Yeah. Right. There's a little clip. You can see it on Facebook or social media. And it's it's Theo with his team. Not all the field guys were there, but you know, good ch- chunks of the leadership team and office staff were in the office. Okay, it's it's an open concept, and on the wall is is what? It's our mission, vision, and the culture statement. Right. That- okay. So this vision, mission, and culture statement. Okay. Then he hands you know my my awesome wife Jennifer, who's listening right now, um, you know, is down there, and our COO, and he hands us the, these mugs, and on the back of these mugs is what? It's our culture points. Isn't that interesting? It's, okay. the, it's the rule. It's the, how we choose to behave in the company every day. And and you said something when we were just shooting the shit here before we got on this podcast about your team are acting as owners.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a hard one to that's a hard one yeah. to drive, but it's a it's a real thing. So we have so so um, I was I didn't I didn't fully understand how we were going to do this, but I'll tell you how we do it, and then you can see if this would work for you. But we've got a system where um, we've got rules of the game. So these rules of the game are listed here. So so we have six culture points. Write your own. I'm not going to share these ones. These are ours. This is how we choose to behave. One of them is acting like an owner. Now, how do you get someone to act like an owner when they're not an owner? That's a tricky one. We we had a lot of debate on on acting like an owner when they're clearly not. They're they're just team members. But what is acting like an owner, and why? How could you even get someone to act like an owner? That sounds like a load of bullshit. And how do you get someone to To try to act like it's their money or the client's money is their money. That's like a really that's a really big ask for someone. But what gets praised gets repeated. Well, Dan, so praise gets repeated. So if you can build on that, if you can actually reward good behavior, then if you you know, not it's not a dog and a treat, but we like to get we like to get you know kudos and credit for shit we do well. So this idea of rolling out once we roll these out, the second tier, the second wave of rolling that out was then to have like a nomination system mm-hmm. where you could then if this got if this gets noticed, if this kind of behavior gets mm-hmm. noticed in the company, then other team members can then comment and, and yep. tag in a in a scoreboard or a Google form yep. or a click up get report, noticed, right? Get noticed for doing something like that. Right. And that is just straight up a financial thing. Yep. That's just straight up monthly. It's like fifty bucks to the uh fifty bucks to the nominee and yep. and and twenty bucks to the nominee tour which is a financial encouragement to behave like this and the idea was well theo what if no one gets nominated what if what if after a while like someone ever doesn't get mentioned like what if you know steve i don't have a steve what if steve never gets a nomination well steve would know that he's not really behaving inside our culture wouldn't he that's right and if steve feels left out maybe there's a fucking reason steve's left out beautiful so and those again what gets praised gets repeated so those that do offer moments of acting like an owner. Or any one of those other steps, if that does get noticed, and it mm-hmm. does get nominated, because there's a financial incentive to be noticing this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, one of our guys that we weren't sure was gonna be here in ninety days for last month was the most nominated person uh in three different categories. Um, so that was pretty that was pretty shocking. Sure. Yeah,
1: I'm just gonna I'm just gonna share something really quickly. This is some of your team members, right? Yeah right like they look pretty happy to me uh they they, they do they, right they, it looks like it's it's beyond just like working slugging hammer and nail well you gotta you gotta do fun stuff too you know it's not all what is that with simon sinek that's that line was
0: work uh what is it work smart there you go work smart play always work hard play hard that's, that's such a, an uh, that's Work an, smart, play. yeah work hard play hard is yep. such an antiquated yep. saying and it's such a broy like yeah boo-boo oh, or lura thing loo-ra. you know it's like e-seals yeah 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 like work we like <laughs> like you know work hard play hard like just get drunk at the bar yeah. and then get smashed and go back to work the next yeah. day no it's we always work we always have fun that's a cultured thing you have to build that into your company you have to tell everybody that this is this is one of the rules of the game here we're not just we spend more time together than you do with your family is that it's so why wouldn't you be having more fun on
1: the job site because if you don't like where you work don't show up. Okay. A couple of quick little things for wrap this baby up. Okay. Um, I want to emphasize something. Okay. About the benefit of this culture statement of, of, of your, of your team members acting as owners. Okay. So I went and I interviewed. Okay. Very short interview. I interviewed one of Theo's employees. Team members. Yeah. Team members. Yep. And love it. See that correction? Team members. Good. Okay? And I'm just going to give you the Coles notes version of what he said. That's directly related to this. I said, like, what is it that makes you stay here? Okay. And there was a bunch of things, but one of the things that he said was the company's ability to be open to ideas and change from a team member perspective, as far as being willing to hear feedback on systems that aren't working, being willing to take input on like, what's going to work for us out here in the field from a system perspective versus in the office perspective. Okay. Not to get into what system all the the point was that he felt that he could contribute he felt that he was part of the solution and he felt that the team okay was saw the the the, everybody was on the same page from that perspective to say like this has to work for us you know this has to work for the people in the field it has to work for people in the office not just the owner dictating this is the system you need to use, okay? Because systems, guys, is one of the most important things that you want to put in your contracting business. And you hear a lot of, we hear a lot of contractors go, my guys won't follow my system, or they won't use my checklist. It's like, okay, so how much-
0: Sounds you- like a lot of you, you statements in there. Right. Or a lot of me statements in there, right. which isn't necessarily the right, right. the right approach. Again, so- it, it, it becomes bigger than you right after a while. It's like, If you think you've got it all figured out, if you think you're going to be the solution to all this stuff, (laughs) it's so true. You're going to get the cold fish of reality slapped across the face. uh, That 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 feedback is paramount, and being able to, I don't know, like not to use like sappy words or nothing, but like you have to be open and vulnerable enough to like give your company a way to them and their systems. Now remember, it's what's best for the company. She can't be like, I want to work four hour days and have paid lunches and bead bag chairs they can't do that but asking the team members what they want out of us that takes some set of balls to be able to be okay with like turning your company over to them and saying what do you need from us to be successful and i've never i've never had a boss that asked me that but that's what this is about that's this whole culture culture statement and the mission and vision is about being open to listening to them and you better fucking act on it Mm. because there's no point in you asking what your team members want from you and then doing nothing. It might as well not have asked.
1: So this, this brings me to what I, where I want. So you, you just naturally went down that. path. You're wrong. I love it. Okay, love, love it. Is you allowed yourself to be vulnerable. You know, we had the call. It was, I could see you're uncomfortable. I could, you know, I can tell with body language, when somebody's like, you know, scratching their neck, you know, like our shoulder over here. Right. Um, that, it's like, okay, he's got to, he has to digest this, okay? But you allowed yourself to be vulnerable because you just didn't get them to go in a room and, and say all the, hey, here's the values we want. You got them to also write down the things of like what the business was not. So what was one, so vulnerability guys, if you want to be a champion CEO of a contracting business, you have to be vulnerable. It's not fucking easy. Like, if I if you think that I'm gonna bullshit you and say, Oh guys, it's gonna be awesome. Like, okay, yes, Theo jumped on the next call we had and was all excited, but there was a moment, okay, where he was, I don't know if the word shit in your pants or you want to call it nervous or like, oh my God, what are they gonna say? But that vulnerability is a scary fucking place, isn't it?
0: Yeah, because you don't know because it's no longer yours. Again. R- r- or rewind, or you rewind. Don't know what they're gonna yeah, tell you. Rewind five minutes. It's like it's it's bigger than you. Right, you're officially like giving away the keys to the castle, being like, What do what do you think this is? What do you think this company is? I know what I wanted it to be and built, but at this point I can't exactly force my way upon all this. So this has to be a point where I can give up a little bit of the, you know, (laughs) a little piece off and be like, This is now what this is now a team everything. If you if you it's the actual comment box that, you know, restaurants have the the comment card box but no but no but then but then no one actually reads those you go to the restaurant and you you put it in there that the fish was gold um no one actually reads those and it never improves and then you never go back to that restaurant and you leave a bad review well how is a business any different and so so you're not gonna if you're if you're not gonna ask and you don't if you don't care that's fine don't ask let me know how that works for you that's totally fine but if you actually are like you have you have to be hungry for that information and i think that's what maybe took me a hot minute to get okay with is you have to be interested in getting information and i was not very interested in getting that information i was not looking for a new education andrew i was not looking to get that feedback but once you come to the realization that you are not you don't have it all figured out and you don't have the answers and why the fuck would you know what they want that's a little that's a little fucking you know cavalier to think that you know what you need in your business It'd be interesting to know that you think you know what you need in your business, because I guarantee you, you don't. I, you don't know what they want out of your business. Yeah. you. I, got, I didn't ask them about the financials. I didn't ask them about sales and marketing. I didn't ask them about that. It was like the team. What, what does the team need? What do you need from me? Because I'm a support role. Me, the construction manager, the project managers, we are all, everybody in the leadership team is a support role for the business. I, They're just here to support our carpenters. The carpenters are the guys that they're the guys at the top of the uh, top of the tier. They are the installers. They are the production guys. Are the guys that make us the money. Mm-hmm. I don't fucking make any. I don't make the company any money. Mm-hmm. I'm overhead. Mm-hmm. So is everybody in the office. So we're just support roles for them. As far as like a linear timeline of who makes us money, I'm below a laborer. As far as what of what makes the company money, it's true, right? So my role is to support them and give them what they need. Yep. And I'm not I'm not like tools and ladders and shit. Although that's a component of it. Is like, but I want to make sure they have the resources, the training, the uh, iPads on site, they have the tools and equipment as well. But like all the resources, you know, all the comments and questions they, they need is where they're to support them. But that's sorely missed in the industry that the CEO is actually interested in listening to anybody in the field because they would think they're going to ask for. Like what? Like like $10 more an hour in paid lunches? That's not usually what they want. Mm-hmm. They usually want structure. They usually want support. They usually want the occasional houseboat holiday, which was a great afternoon of drinking on the water. Um, that's usually what they want. They're usually pretty realistic because it's what's best for the company. Very few people in this request selfish things. No, sorry. No one asks for selfish things in here. They just ask for things that what's better is the company, they operate within the culture points of the company, they drive towards the mission and vision, yep. but Very you good. have to ask.
1: Yep. So look, I'm not shitting you, okay? Um, if you're having a challenge in retaining your team, if you're having a challenge in, I don't have the right quality, there's not the right quality of workmanship, I mean, the list goes on, okay? I'm not saying this is the end all the be all, but this is like massive, all right? Nobody wants to come to work, not be at a place that's enjoyable. Okay. And when you're asking for their input, if anybody's going to know what they need, it's not you, it's them. Okay. So, guys, build a culture. You know, take some of these key points from Theo. Okay. He's giving you some really amazing strategies, tactics that you can take away. You know, core principles out of this. What would be the wrap up? If you were to say, like, what would be the top two or three principles that you just want to highlight and even repeat from what you said earlier, what would they be?
0: Uh, I would say the realization that the company is bigger than what you create. Okay. Yeah. Cause it, cause it's not like, it's not just you in charge anymore. Yep. Um, and then, uh, being vulnerable, like being, uh, being open to feedback. And I mean, like genuinely open to feedback, not yep. like, Hey, here's a comment box. I'm told I was told by coach allison to give it out right i was told by coach andrew to hand it genuinely interested in feedback yep um and the third one is you have to act upon it I just, I just, so you can't you can't non-scripted that's, non-scripted, that's, non-scripted. It, that's it. uh you have to act upon it because that is actually worse than even asking in the first place if mm-hmm. you don't do anything with it so we're now we're now approaching um we'll be over 20 people uh we were 14 or 13 or so when we rolled this out mm-hmm. and the people that we attract because of this Um, you can ask, and I hope you can ask any team member in the company of how we operate. And and those things are, they genuinely ask for feedback from the field. Very. Um, I don't know. I I never worked for a company. Again, 20 employers. I was never asked how my boss could be better. I was never asked how the company could better support me. And I was never asked what I needed in order to be successful in my job. Right. Okay.
1: So guys, you're an owner of a contracting business. We're wrapping this baby up you can pause this you can rewind it you can share it with your leadership team use it okay if you want to get help on these things you want to get some insights you want to you know get a customized you know snapshot audit of where do you sit you know from these different perspectives and different areas okay you can you know book in a call down below one of our champion ceos fellow like-minded people just like theo And we can really get to the crux of what is holding your business back, especially that's holding your team back, which is holding you back, which is holding your business back. And that's another No Bullshit Podcast for Contractors. Thank you, brother. Awesome. Okay. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Okay. And being vulnerable and fucking taking your business to the next level with your team. Thanks, guys. See you, boys. See you guys. Hey, rock stars. Thank you for watching the No Bullshit Podcast for Contractors. If you enjoyed this episode, hit the subscribe button, and if you're serious about growing and need help, click on the link below. Myself and my team would love to help and give you the necessary tools so you can take your contracting business to the next level. And remember, dominate, delegate, and deliver.